Easter has arrived in the UK and we ask ourselves, can Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton resurrect their championships or will Ferrari continue their own rebirth in Italy? Welcome back to Grid Talk, the Grid Talk podcast. This is episode 187 where we will preview the Emilia Magna Grand Prix at Imola. I'm your host Tom Horrocks and I'm joined today by F1 writer Olivia Cairo. Hello, thank you for having me Tom. No problem. It's a pleasure to have you as always. So make sure you subscribe to our channel on YouTube. You can click the bell to be notified whenever we go live. And don't forget to give us a thumbs up. If you enjoyed the show, please give the show a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, which really helps us climb up the rankings. So uh, this weekend, Olivia, we're going into, into Ibola. It's our third trip in the Turbo Hybrid era. And uh, it's the first of two races in Italy this year. Now, Ferrari go into the, uh, into the race as championship leaders with 104 points. So uh, how do you see Ferrari's weekend going? Um, so the last time they uh, we, last time they won in Imola was 2006, and the last win in Italy was 2019 with Leclerc in Monza. So how do you feel they're going to fare this weekend? I think they're going to do well, especially after how they've been doing in the past two races, three races, rather, mm. uh, two, three. Three races so far. Three. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't think there's much to be worried about for Ferrari. Uh, they have mentioned that they're not going to be bringing any up- upgrades because it doesn't make sense for them, especially to do with the sprint happening so close to practice. So um, I don't know what that's going to mean for their chances, but I don't think it's going to hurt them considerably. No, it's it's something that actually had completely slipped my mind about it being a, a sprint weekend, the first of mm-hmm. three sprint weekends this season. So I think that's going to affect quite a few people with regards to their strategy. And uh, I, I think it's with Ferrari, it's going to be one of those seasons where they're going to be looking at, at, at developing not so much. They're going to be looking to do what Mercedes did last year, where they're just trying to maximise their package as much as they can throughout the season. Uh, so how do you see the battle with, with Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz? Obviously, at the moment, Leclerc seems to have the upper hand, but Sainz hasn't been that far, just hasn't had the run of, run of, rub of the green with his teammate. Uh, yeah, no. Um, last weekend was kind of a... They dropped the ball kind of with Sainz, so I don't know. Um, hopefully, he can pick it back up and go against his teammate, because I do think he has the will and the strength and the drive to go against him. Um, just been, just hasn't been right moment, right time, right situation. So hopefully he does, because I do know that he's very um, diligent with how he prepares for races and he's very like studious about it. And like he will study the track, study all kinds kinds of different strategies that he can implement. So hopefully he can bring it, bring a fight to Charles um, at home this weekend. So yeah, he's uh, he he likes to be known. Well, he has become known as the smooth operator. But uh, <laughs> it's uh, I know he mentioned in in close season that he's actually he actually quite quite likes a car on the edge a lot like Verstappen and the smooth operator nickname that he's been given isn't really that accurate. But he like you say very very studious, very uh, very detailed driver. I, I think he gets that a lot from his father. And uh, I think he's he's my favourite of the two drivers, but just because I I, I prefer him as a person, um, I, Charles Leclerc, I've absolutely no doubt has has got the talent, and perhaps probably the overall peaks of Charles Leclerc's performances, probably uh, the the more likely to succeed over the course of a season. And given the luck that Carlos Sainz has had, Leclerc certainly in a very strong position at the moment. But uh, we we hope that he. Uh, 
he he turns that around and uh, and certainly starts to bring the bring the fight to Leclerc even you know more just for the championship than anything because we we want to see this I, we're not going to match last year but we want to see this championship at least be contested and if Ferrari are going to run away with it uh, then Sainz needs to get on the right side of luck and, and raise his performances. But uh, we'll move on to the world champions, Mercedes. They uh, they had a 1-2 domination in 2020, but in 2021, it was uh, it was a different story of just a second place. More damage limitation for Mercedes this weekend, or do you see them moving forwards? Um, I think it's more damage limitation this weekend uh, because they still don't know what they have with their car. They don't know the limits of its performance and how fast it can go, how long it with can withstand on drag so i don't think we're expecting as strong of a result this weekend hopefully they can hold it at where they were last weekend i think it was fourth and fifth third and fourth sorry third and fourth so um hopefully they can do that this weekend but i doubt it because imola is very hard on like cars body work and that seems to be <laughs> not their strong suit at this point because it's the long pit lane, the long baguette curves, the long it's very like taxing on the chassis. So I don't know if the porpoising issue will be something that they can get a handle on this weekend. It's a very, very good point. Yeah, and it was especially hard on their on their bodywork last year when um when George Russell went into side of Altry Bottas. That was uh, particularly oh, yeah. hard on their bodywork. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, it's uh, I, I think with with the track the way it is, it's uh, th- th- there are there are some high speed elements, but there's also some slow corners. So I'm, I've, I think for the championship perspective, I'm I'm hoping it's not going to be quite as bad as it has been. But uh, I, I, again, probably the best they can hope for at the moment is to be the, the third fastest team. If they can make a step towards Red Bull, then then that would be great. But I I personally I I don't see that. But they are second in the championship for a reason, and that's because they seem to be finishing races. The only team to finish with both drivers in the points in every race so far this season so uh, so that's that's definitely a, a pro they always say you have to finish first first you have to finish but uh, how do you feel it's going to pan out with the with the teammate battle because at the moment we know that obviously Lewis Hamilton has had uh, one bad performance in Saudi Arabia and a bit of bad luck last time out um, but George Russell has shown that he's right there with Lewis Hamilton so do you do you see that continuing or do you think that uh, that Hamilton is going to get on top of his uh, his young charger teammate uh, that's a very interesting question because I actually have no clue how um, it could pan out because it's not like Lewis is fighting for a championship at this moment, really, because the car isn't giving him much of a chance to because of its reliability and everything. So I don't see a reason as to why um, Lewis could be considered driver number one in the races to come unless hopefully things pick up and he's winning races and then it becomes a Bottas-Lewis situation where George becomes the Bottas in the situation. But as for now, I do think they should be on par. But maybe that's just me being idealistic and naive. So I don't know. I don't think it's being idealistic. I think it's absolutely what's what's going to happen because Mercedes have shown that they never favour a driver until one is realistically not in a championship fight. You know, you look think back to a couple of years ago and Hamilton was clearly the the guy in the fight for the championship and uh, and they allowed him past Bottas to to push in Hungary. I think it was before the summer break. He couldn't improve position, so he dropped back behind his teammate, and that was uh, both lauded and criticised at the same time by lots of people, saying saying, well, you know, that could be the result 
result that lose you the championship. But I think Mercedes have proved that they, they will not favour one driver over another. Just the natural order tends to be that Hamilton tends to be the lead driver because that's where he is with regards to his teammate. But uh, with, with, with George Russell being so much closer, seemingly so far we've seen, I do think that Hamilton still has the overall edge over the two at the moment. But as we saw when Hamilton first first joined Formula One, it took him five, six races to get his feet under the table at McLaren. And then by by kind of Monaco, he was pushing Fernando Alonso. So um, we may well see, a, I know it's a slightly different scenario, but we may well see a, a similar thing with George Russell. Once he really gets, gets his feet under the table at that team, is he going to push Hamilton further and further? And when there's no championship up for grabs, there certainly won't be team orders. I don't think there'll be team orders all season unless one of them is genuinely going for the championship, which given the way they've started, I can't really see that happening, uh, which is, it seems crazy to think that, but uh, second in the championship, but they're still a long way behind Ferrari already. So it's uh, uh, my early season prediction of Ferrari for constructors championship is, is looking quite good so far. Um, but the the team that, that have the current driver of world champion is is Red Bull Racing with the uh, Red Bull Racing powertrain that's been causing so many issues for them so far. Uh, Red Bull were the winners last year out, but there's definitely reliability question marks over their car. And Sergio Perez has shown some very good form at the start of the season so far. What are you, what are your thoughts on Red Bull and and that team dynamic and their chances this weekend? Um, I think they should be up there and like in the standing for the race this for the race weekend rather but um i don't know i especially to do with how they haven't finished in the last what they've had they've had like dnfs in the past few races so i don't know how um how things could pan out for them because um the with no real answers as to what the reliability issues are rather than um something to do with the fuel system that hasn't really been disclosed yet i do not i can't really form an, a concrete opinion on this but i do have a hope that they will finish up there and strong or at least just finish the race <laughs> well yeah yeah absolutely i mean we've you know verstappen has shown that he's a match for leclerc in, in race trim and in, in all the races leclerc's definitely had the, the overall edge and uh, certainly in the last race Ferrari just didn't look like they were they were ever going to be challenged for that race win but uh, but Verstappen has certainly shown that he's he's got the he's got the racecraft to challenge Leclerc in the races but uh, with Sergio Perez has shown a much closer match to him this year so far he's uh, obviously he he has the the bad luck excuse me uh, the bad luck in the first race of the, of the season similar to, to Max Verstappen and he was you know, his pole position and then taken away from him with a with a, a Latifi safety car um, some might say that's revenge from the previous season where <laughs> very very much benefited Red Bull in the, in that situation but uh, but yeah it's it's a it's going to be an interesting dynamic there as well because if Ferrari do run away with this which we all hope it doesn't happen obviously but uh, but if if Red Bull are throwing all the updates at Verstappen and they're failing and then Perez is just bringing it home and getting second places and occasional wins, then comes a point where they may well end up favouring Sergio Perez over Max Verstappen. Can you can you see a world where Red Bull Racing favours Sergio Perez over Max Verstappen? Oh my God, Helmut Marco would not have <laughs> I I do though. It makes sense to because if one driver is not performing... To the to the ability required of them and the other is it makes sense to move all your bag your your eggs into their basket so um hopefully red bull can be 
clear and level-headed in making such a decision because if it's going to benefit the team, then they might as well do it. Um, but I don't see that happening anytime soon because their loyalties lie really, really heavily with Verstappen as badly as it sounds. But I, it's it's tough to see. It is tough to see. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I was very much playing devil's advocate there. I can't see a scenario <laughs> where, where Red Bull do favour Sergio Perez over Max Verstappen personally. But uh, it's it's certainly a question that needs asking later on if, if this form does continue. I mean, in the championship, Perez does sit further ahead of than Verstappen. And, and it's uh, it, it's going to be an interesting, interesting situation if that trend continues. Uh, but trends that we all hope continues, especially in, in my neck of the woods, as McLaren's recent upturn in form. They uh, they're fourth in the championship. However, Norris has alluded to that being potentially a bit of a false dawn. Daniel Ricciardo being a bit more upbeat and hopeful, but uh, it certainly seems like it's more of a track-specific thing as that car hasn't changed since the opening race of the season. Um, what's your thoughts on on McLaren? And are you as hopeful as I am that they're gonna they're gonna perform this weekend? Hopefully, they do because it would be nice to see um, a, a McLaren up there again after last year with Lando and P3. So hopefully they do, but I don't see how they could. Just like you said, the car hasn't changed much. I don't think they're bringing in any upgrades because they still haven't gotten a handle on things. So um, I don't see how much could change. I hope something changes for the better. But this last result, the P5, P6 for the the team was so so good. So um, hopefully it's not... Hopefully the track specifics of Albert Park kind of help and translate into um, Imola, but I don't see how much could change yeah i i'm i'm very hopeful but it, it more comes out of hope than uh than, uh, than expectancy <laughs> uh, 24 points in the constructors championship they're uh they're, they're just ahead of alpine on on 22 but already uh quite a way behind mercedes and mercedes are not having a good time of things so um and obviously red bull just uh in there in third place still uh, 21 points behind them so it's uh, certainly fourth place is is gonna be the best they can hope for this year but they They've done a great job, like Mercedes have, of of maximising their results. They've they've scored points whenever they've been able to score points. And Daniel Ricciardo really showing that he is the team player. At his home Grand Prix told to stay behind his teammate that was having fuel saving issues and and uh, and was losing two or three seconds a lap on the run in there. And Daniel, despite it being his home race, was sitting there behind him and protecting him and making sure the team brought home that 5-6. Very much payback, I believe, for Monza last year when uh, when Norris could have attacked Ricardo, but was told to do the best thing for the team and didn't question it. So that, that rivalry in that team, despite what Netflix want to try and say, uh, it does seem to be... A, uh, a a strong a strong connection a strong team team uh, you know is is a very healthy rivalry there they want to beat each other but they're very much putting the team first which is which is great to see um, so look uh, looking just behind them to Alpine with twenty two points just two points behind McLaren they look like in Fernando Alonso's hands that car looks like it can do it can do good things but they're not really capitalising on their uh, on their pace they've had so far. And Esteban Ocon, although he had the better of Fernando in the first race due to uh, Fernando's tyre issues, just hasn't seemed to be showing the, the the pace that that car has. He was absolutely nowhere in Australia and just trundled home to a to a low-end points finish. How do you see this, this weekend paying for them? Can Ocon get on top of it? Or can Fernando bring that thing for yet another best race of his season ever? 
I've always kind of had the feeling that it's it's so hard to place Alpine in the grid. Like they do tend to be all over the place. And I think um I do think they will have a solid weekend um at Imola because apparently they're bringing in upgrades. They did last year with um they kind of made it some some way to slim down the car and the side pods and it was very aero. So I think they're gonna do something similar this weekend to help with drag and everything. So I do think they will have a smooth weekend. I hope um Fernando can kind of get back the momentum he had from I think it was his qualifying lap in Australia. So hopefully um things turn out well for the team but yeah yeah i hope they they've replaced that that 50 pence uh bung or washer whatever it was that failed <laughs> that uh that, that's ended his uh you know the best lap of his career no doubt as he, he likes to tell us but uh yeah it it's it's a strange one and what, a, what another interesting subplot to alpine as the season goes on it, it there's is that teammate battle and although based on the opening three races ocon hasn't really shone like alonso has he's still been there picking up the points and alonso's performance despite showing a lot of pace at the weekend he had absolutely no right finishing down in 17th place but that was where he was because that's that's how long it took him to get from the start to the finish with no real problem so he didn't manage his race correctly he took a risk and it didn't pay off and and Ocon was there picking up the points and in the background there you've got Oscar Piastri the the chosen one in the background looking for a seat so do you how can you see this panning out obviously Fernando Alonso is in the last year of his contract that's about Ocon's got a long-term contract can you see a scenario where Fernando Alonso is told that he's no longer needed or do you, do you think that they're going to be cancelling Esteban Ocon's contract or farming him out somewhere else or are they just going to stick with their guys because I can't see anyone between beyond those three drivers being in that team next year um I think if anything they're going to stick to the three but I don't know in what rotation um obviously Ocon is in his seat so he's safe for a while but I do think that if I doubt that Alonso is going to have um, an unproductive season. He's going to deliver, but eventually. Um, but Oscar Piastri, just like you said, um, he's lurking and he's lurking very loudly and he's making appearances and he's rallying sport and he's young and fresh and new. So um, that is something that the team has to think about and think about really, really, really carefully. But uh I really don't know how it could pan out, but I do see a scenario in which um, Oscar Piastri does um, replace Alonso within the next season. It would be great to see him in the sport. I think he deserves to be in the sport, but it will be a brave man who bets against Fernando Alonso uh, just, <laughs> just retiring not on his terms or certainly leaving the team not on his terms. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, I can, uh, in my head, I see I see him standing behind Esteban Ocon and whispering in his ear, lovely contract you got there, Esteban. It'd be a shame if something would have happened to it. Oh. I just, I just, <laughs> I just see it's just this guy just lurking and just like causing trouble and like leaving thumbtacks on Ocon's seat because <laughs> he's clearly got the talent and it'd be great to see him in Formula One. But uh, yeah, he, he, there's just in no place time. for him right now, which is, yeah. which is really hard to see. But uh, Alfa Romeo are a team that, that I've certainly in, in the past been very critical of. And uh, based on the last couple of seasons, in 20, 2021, they got a 13th and a 14th and a very unproductive 
boring race as usual. Ninth and tenth in 2020, double points finish. So they like to, uh, they seem to like to run line astern at at Imola. Can can Zhou Guan Yu stay close to Bottas this weekend, or will it be another dominating performance from Valtteri Bottas? I think I think they'll both find a way to end up in the points, but I don't know if Zhou Guan Yu will have the ability to stay close to his teammate. Um, I do think that they will try and have a strong weekend at home <laughs> because they have to show up for the home crowd. So there's that. But I don't know if he can um, hold on to his teammate from previous past experience. But he has had a strong, uh, had a strong weekend considering he's a rookie and the people that were rookies like Nicholas Latifi are struggling a bit in the back there. So um, I do think he will have a strong weekend. That 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 for me does not seem to be um, in the argument, but I don't know if he will be able to stay close to Daltrey. Well, the Alfa Romeo car is rumoured to be the lightest on the grid. It was there, even in testing, it was the only one that was coming in under the legal weight at the time. They've certainly shown that they've 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 developed the way into competitiveness. Thirteen points so far, their biggest the biggest haul at this stage of a season for for quite a few years, and it, it's good to see them them fighting. I mean, you uh, got that Ferrari engine in there, the Alfa Romeo, uh, proud Italian brand, so they, it's almost like a home race for them. The team, obviously, yeah. being uh, uh, under the under the uh, cover of it all, is is a Sauber, yeah. is based in, uh, in in Switzerland, in Switzerland. but uh, but it's uh, very much an Italian team throughout uh, the DNA as well so it's uh, certainly it's going to that the home support is going to be is going to be cheering for for them and the Ferrari um, and potentially not quite so uh, vociferously towards the other Ferrari power team in Haas who sit just behind Alfa Romeo with 12 points just a point behind 12 points seems like a, a ridiculous number of points for Haas at this stage of the season their best result here was 14th uh, in a very very different Haas team uh, they had a completely different different uh way to go racing last year uh they they seem to they seem to have one strong weekend one one bad weekend so far or two strong weekends one bad weekend this far so which has do you think is turning up this weekend is it the uh is it the great punchy little has that can fight the mercedes or is it the has that just doesn't seem to be anywhere again hopefully the punchy has (laughs) i think it's gonna be that one um considering that they have a ferrari engine in the back of their well in their car really so i hope it's gonna be a strong weekend for us i think it was track specific last time um also the issue with the chassis and having not as many um with them for the race so hopefully that does not affect them as much and they have a strong weekend but i do see um a more competitive a more competitive pass coming in for the race weekend, I hope so too, and uh, and it does seem that the points are likely to be mostly coming from Kevin Magnussen. He's really shown what having a uh, an experienced driver in that car can do for it, and it does make you wonder if he was in that team last year. What could he have done? Could he potentially have got those points? There weren't many occasions where the Haas was up there fighting for potential points. But again, so far this season, Mick Schumacher, I know he beat Kevin Magnussen in the last race, but a little bit extenuating circumstances. Magnussen under the weather, not really 
one hundred percent, and uh, and Schumacher having uh, staying out of trouble and and executing a, a, a decent strategy and finishing ahead of his his teammate in the end. That battle is is fascinating because you've got Mick Schumacher in a Ferrari powered car, and it, 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 the, the romance of of Mick Schumacher at Ferrari is is obviously going to be grabbed hold of, especially in Italy. And and I I just I I hope for his sake that he does well this year against. And a very experienced driver in Kevin Magnussen, but I personally I I don't see I don't see him getting anywhere near Kevin Magnussen over the course of the season. He's shown so far two out of three weekends that he's in a different league to to Mick Schumacher. It's only last week that was the the blot on his copybook. What's what's your thoughts on on Schumacher and Magnussen and just Schumacher as a driver in general? Is is this his last last chance, or are they going to stick with him for the next few years? Uh, I think they're going to have to stick with them for the next few years because I do think he has a lot of potential. So it's just that he has to build it up. And it seems that it seems like he's kind of getting his um, lay of the land and more experience. So maybe he's one of those slow burners, but I don't think that Haase has any, um, not business rather, but like... um, they don't have the ammunition to just let go of him because I do think he's he's such a big part of the sport through his father and now through everyone's support for him and I don't think he has he should be let go of but I do agree with you in the fact that he there's a huge deficit in performance between him and um Magnuson and I do think Magnuson is going to be the one bringing in the points for the season, like the large chunk of points for the season. Hopefully, if the car is still reliable and still strong, but yeah. Yeah, speaking of, of huge deficits in performance, certainly last year the biggest deficit in performance was Pierre Gasly with Yuki Tsunoda. And moving on to, to AlphaTauri, they're sitting there with, with 10 points. And probably they seem to, for me, have replaced Alfa Romeo as the most anonymous team on the grid. They just, I don't remember anything any AlphaTauri's done um, over the course of the season so far without really thinking about it. Uh, a, a stunning seventh place for Gasly last season. But then Daniel Kvyat in 2020 came home in fourth place. So again, the team just goes under the radar. It's a, I, I don't remember that fourth place at all. So it's they just seem to be just kind of disappearing into the ether and and getting results. But this season, the results don't seem to be coming so far. Um, I, I don't doubt they have a decent car, but they they just seem to be a little step behind the rest of the midfield. What, what's your thoughts on on AlphaTauri? I do think the reliability issues have kind of sprinkled down into the sister team so I um, just like you said they kind of are slipping through the cracks because um, it's you do tend to forget what's going on with the team because last season as much as um, Pierre Gasly was holding his own in the team Yuki Tsunoda was kind of slipping back and back so um, but now it seems that Pierre Gasly sits very very comfortably at a P6, P7, or a P10. So I I don't know if there's more that he can do for the team or if there's more that he can bring to the table to kind of break through the, um, the monotony that's been going on within the team. So I don't know, but uh, hopefully they can at least finish the race and finish in the points this weekend because I guess it's kind of like a second home for them really 
um, in Italy. So, yeah, hopefully that goes well for them. Yeah, this is genuinely a team that is based in Italy. The Fianza base of the original Minardi team is where the is where this team started, and yeah, a, a genuine Italian team, even if they are owned by uh, owned by Red Bull and powered by Red Bull Powertrain. So definitely, they will. 100% treat this as a home race as well as Monza in a few weekends time and Yuki Tsunoda is a is, is a polarizing character you you love he, you love him you hate him you love to hate him you hate to love him he's he's just one of those characters that you just you just don't know where to stand with him and I found myself towards the end of last season he really looked like he was turning things around and that that performance in Abu Dhabi uh where he was he was pushing and nearly you know could have potentially got a podium and and he was uh he just seem to be turning things around and and this season it's it's been almost a bit of a a, a control lock delete return to form for him can you see him him fighting back and showing some of that end of season form that he showed or is this kind of the, the beginning of the end for him i don't think it's the beginning of the end for him um i think he does seem to be a little a little more level-headed um a little more present so hopefully he can continue to bring what he had at the end of the season into the season. Maybe it was just like a lull in performance and he continued to regress back into his, his beginning ways. So I do think he might have the opportunity to be up there in the points and kind of, again, break the monotony within the team that's beginning to set in. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah again it's difficult to talk about Alfa Tori really with with the way they their season started again just very very anonymous but uh, one team that was in the in the headlines a lot last weekend and 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 finally got noticed uh, some for good reasons some for bad reasons Williams will be massively buoyed by their point from Alex Albon last weekend but they're still not where they were expecting and hoping to be at the start of this year do you think Albon can repeat his his performance from last week and and can Latifi keep it out of the barriers I don't think Latifi can keep it out of the barriers. <laughs> I say that very quietly here in Canada. Um, but I do think that um, Alex Albon does have another chance at bringing in points for the team. Um, I don't know why I think that. I think it's just that it's a feeling because it does feel like he's come back with more of a, more of an urgency to perform within F1. So I do hope that it continues to shine through the season, but I don't know if Nicholas Latifi can step up to the plate and do the same. It's re- it's a really interesting situation with Latifi because uh, we we look at George Russell's time at Williams and everyone lauded George Russell for his amazing performances whilst criticizing Alex Albon for his performances in the Red Bull and they would have a lot of people would have quite happily seen Alex Albon not return to Formula 1 ever and now he's he's up against his his more experienced teammate in Nicholas Latifi now you know they came through Formula 2 at the at the same time and they they were I believe they were t- they were teammates at um um I can't remember which team it was Carlin maybe they were teammates at yeah. and and they they were very closely matched but in Formula 1 Albon has just instantly just just rocketed away from Latifi which given that he's been in that car for two years well not that car but he's been entrenched in that team for two years is a it's a difficult situation to to swallow and it does make you think well 
was it that Albon is that good or is it just Latifi has has not been great and it's made George look better than he was when he was there it's a it's certainly a a possibility I mean George is obviously showing that he's got the business working alongside Hamilton but uh, but uh, you know when Nikita Mazepin was was testing in a Mercedes he was putting in similar times to Lewis Hamilton and we all know how that turned out so it may just be that that, that Mercedes is a is a better car to drive but certainly Alex Albon has rejuvenated his career at Williams and is is may well be may well be in line for that uh, that Yuki Tsunoda seat back at the AlphaTauri if things don't work out or if if Perez doesn't quite work out he may well be back in line for that that Red Bull seat um it's it's a it's a difficult situation for Latifi I think it's it's going to get really late really early if he can't get on top of things I think Williams have shown now that they are willing to shy away from the pay drivers and and push towards performance which is what the team need to do. Doralton are not going to hang around if the team is just going to is just going to languish at the back and score the odd point. They need to push forward. And um, I can foresee. I don't know if you can, but I can certainly foresee a scenario where they say, "Thanks for your money, Latifi, but we need to chase performance, and you're not bringing it." What What do you think? Is that um, is that a possibility, or or am I being a bit harsh on him? No, I think you're definitely right about that. I feel the same as well. I don't think that, as bad as it sounds, I don't think that Latifi has any business in. Formula One, if all he can do is throw the car into the barrier, because even in the last race at Imola, he did the same thing. So hopefully this weekend he can keep it on the track and at least get to the checkered flag. Um, um, But just I think you mentioned that um, Alex Albon's had quite a considerable pull away from his teammate. And I do hope that it has, it feels like it has something to do with less of the pressure of um, supporting Verstappen and now he can kind of focus on his own career within uh, Williams. So maybe that kind of also plays into why he has had quite considerable con- considerable performance from as compared to his teammates. So, um, but for Nicholas Latifi, I don't think that he has quite a bright future in Formula 1 if this is how it's going to continue to pan out. So he does need to watch out because he is in the hot seat and he might get thrown off the team. Yeah, it's 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 a difficult situation there and, and uh, it seems like a very likable guy, but uh, it, it, at the end of the day the stopwatch doesn't lie and, and you need to you need to perform. That is, of course, unless your dad owns the team. And uh, <laughs> moving ahead to, to Aston Martin, the other uh, the other Canadian, well, driver, I suppose, in uh, in Lance Stroll has not had the, the the best start of things in Aston Martin, but uh, he his teammates for one race only so far, Sebastian Vettel has also had just a, a as horrific a start, and Nico Hulkenberg didn't seem to do an awful lot in that car either. So it's clearly that the car is not doing what what certainly Lawrence Stroll will be hoping for. Um, how do you, do you, do you see this as a, as a possibility of changing this weekend? And do they have a chance of repeating the sixth place from 2020 that Sergio Perez was able to get them? Um, I doubt, I doubt it. I heavily doubt it because there's only so much that you can do within race weekends to make your car much better. And um, it's not seeming like this is the car to do that, which is a shame because as much as we saw last year, there's such huge projects happening at um, the factory and he, uh, Lawrence Stroll kept on mentioning how he wants his team to be a race-winning team by the start of the season. And 
that's not looking like a possibility from the very early on within the season. So I don't think that this car has the ability to do much for the team, especially how, especially seeing as how um, the previous race went, which was uh, the race weekend as a whole, not even the race, the weekend as a whole was a shambles and it just fell to the ground and broke to pieces. So I don't know if a strong season is what Aston Martin needs to be looking forward to this weekend. Maybe they just, uh, this season, maybe they just need to pull a horse and just wait for next season to have a new car that they can actually develop because it's not looking like this is the car that they, that can do the job so far. Oh, that's a damning, damning condemnation there of the Aston Martin <laughs> car. I, I would like to, to caveat that by, by saying that the, the the engineers on the ground did an absolutely phenomenal job all weekend, you know, repairing the constant crashes from from Stroll and, and Vettel throughout Definitely. the throughout the, uh, the the season, and then obviously throughout the weekend rather, and then obviously with the engine failure, which they then had to replace. Uh, they did a phenomenal job all weekend, and it must have been soul destroying and so diff- such a hard job for them. That last weekend, um, that that old Jordan team still, you know, has the spirit of Eddie Jordan flowing through their veins. But it just seems that up up the top, they haven't been able to design a car. And the, the difficulty is that it, it seems like that's what they did last year. They they sacked off development to focus on this year, and this is what they've come up with, which is not really, it's not really a a, a promising situation for the team. But uh, but. As well, you need to have the drivers, as we said as well with with the Haas team and with Williams team. You, you need to have drivers delivering on track, and and I've already obviously been quite critical of Stroll, but you have to look at four time champion Sebastian Vettel. I know he's only had one weekend in the car, but even in testing, he didn't he didn't seem like he was interested. And a lot of people are saying this is his farewell tour, and he's just going to leave Formula One at the end of the season. Uh, where do you stand on Sebastian Vettel? Because I'm I'm certainly now in the I I love Seb camp, which is not what I used to be back in the uh, 2010 to 2013. But uh, certainly now he's up there with one of my favourite drivers. But it's it's tough to see what we're seeing right now. So how how do you see him uh, his his season panning out from here? It is tough to see, and I as it it's it's a bleak. Um prediction that I have for the team so I don't know if I can see Sebastian doing much for the team just like you said in testing it he didn't seem interested and like he's had he's had COVID and now he's kind of in recovery from COVID so does that mean it impairs his performance going along and I don't know if I see such a strong week end coming along in Imola and I don't think that translates into the season as a whole um and it is tough to see because you do want to you want to root for Sebastian, especially with just who he is as a person. He's a decent human being and he and he shows that in outside, like off the track and in interviews and just in how he is as a person. So I, I it is it's, it's hard to see, but I don't know if there's much that he can do to turn things around. Yes, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's difficult to watch, and I, I think as well, you know, we saw how coming back from COVID nineteen affected Hamilton uh, in the final race of twenty twenty, and and even or the second well, even the other final race of twenty twenty, and and even going into twenty twenty one. So it may well be some some uh, qu- not quite 
considered effects that Sebastian Vettel's feeling, but I really hope he can get things together. But look, you know, you just look at him. I know he's uh, he's donning his his uh, his freshly purchased hair, but he's um, <laughs> he he looks tired. He looks shaggy. He's you know he's uh, he he looks he looks like a dad who's just had the second child, and and he he looks tired with Formula One, and it's. It's difficult to watch, and I hope it's just it's just him kind of getting to grips with this new car and the and the expectation that's not there, and and he if whether he looks for other options in Formula One or whether he just decides he's had enough, it's uh, I, I can't see him being in that car next year. But where is he? Is he going to be out of Formula One or is he going to be somewhere else? Uh, uh, I don't see where else would be an option for him. Looking at looking at the grid, I, unless Williams could could tempt him, he's he loves you know he loves the British um, you know the, the British culture. Williams would probably be the the best option for him. Um, that would be the only real car that I can. He's not going to go to Alfa Romeo. He's not going to go to Haas. He's uh, Alpine won't have him. McLaren won't have him. They already said that before. So it's 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 tough to see, and I just hope that that we do see him in Formula One next year. But with what team? Um, it's it's yeah. certainly up for debate. But uh, I think it's time now to to nail our colours to the wall and decide what's going to happen uh, at the weekend. So I have literally not even thought about my predictions uh, throughout this show because because I, I haven't really uh, had a chance to think about it myself. But uh, that's why I'm going to go to you first for your for your predictions, Olivia. Pole position, the podium, and a bold prediction for the race. What do you, um, what do you think is going to happen? I think I'm going to go with pole position, Carlos, just to spice things up a bit. Because I do feel, I do feel kind of like um, an urgency from him to perform. So I think he's going to try and bang it out with a pole position. Um, what was the other one? Sorry. So, uh, so your podium predictions for second and third, and then uh, we can do a bold prediction as well. We can come back to that if you want. Um, I do think first, second, and third will be um, Charlene P one, Carlos in P two, and Sergio in P three. <laughs> wow! Wow! Excellent. So I, I'm I'm in the sim- thinking similar to you, but I, I think it's going to be Max Verstappen for pole position, just with that that edge in qualifying he seems to have. Um, for the podium, I'm going to go slightly different on that. I'm going to go for a Carlos Sainz win. Um, he's going to be battling out with with Verstappen, uh, who's going to be in second, and then Sergio Perez in third. I, I think Leclerc's luck is going to run out this weekend. And um, for the championship, we certainly need that to happen. So that's what I'm going to go for for my podium. So something crazy that you think could potentially happen. Give us a bold prediction. Oh gosh. Um I see um I don't know. This is tough. <laughs> um You can say Mick Schumacher for the podium. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll go a bit safer than that and do a McLaren in podium again. Fantastic. I, I would definitely love to see that. Uh, I was I was thinking maybe something along the lines of uh, of an Alfa Romeo podium, Valtteri Bottas in Valtteri Bottas's hands. But uh, I think I'm going to go even crazier and say that Aston Martin get a double points finish. That's going to be my bold, <laughs> pos- bold prediction. Lance Stroll and Sebastian Vettel come home in ninth and tenth after a crazy race with rain showers and only ten finishes or something along those lines. So um, that's 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 my bold prediction, and that's it for our Imola 
preview. If you want to hear more from Formula One Grid Talk, we have a huge back catalogue of shows, as well as reviews and previews and, and analysis. We also run a fireside chat series, which is normal, normally airs midweek and features interviews and, and laid-back chats with people in and around Formula One. This week's show featured Michael Laminato, the Australian journalist, which I sat down with and had a lovely chat uh, on Thursday morning. Um, he he hosts the Box of Neutrals and F1 Strategy Report, so give that a listen if you haven't done so already. We also run a Patreon, so if you want to help us continue to do what we do, please consider donating to supporters. Everything goes back into the show and will help us improve your viewing and listening experience. We're available on all major podcasting platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Verbal, Omni Studio and Pocket Casts, as well as being available on the F1 Chronicle website too. All our race shows go out live on YouTube straight after the event and we have a post show where we answer your questions from the live chat. Just search for F1 Chronicle on YouTube and don't forget to subscribe and hit the bell so you know when we're going live. We will be back midweek for another fireside chat and also to review the Sprint and Grand Prix races this weekend at Imola. So thank you for listening and goodbye.